What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we are back from our baby break and we are ready to start diving into spookiness once again. Mm-hmm. Feels good to be back, homies. <laughs> back on that regularly <laughs> scheduled ish. Back on our bullshit. And you know what? It's for you guys, it was only like the one week break, but for us, it was more like a two week break because we had recorded our Halloween ends episode ahead of time. Yeah. So really, it's been like two and a half weeks since we last recorded, but it feels good to be back because I have been looking forward to recording again. It always feels nice to get back into the podcasting business. Mm -hmm. And also too, I was, uh, because the last two weeks have been so busy, I haven't really watched any like horror centric stuff. I mean, even on Halloween this year, I was slacking. Mm -hmm. So feels nice to start to get back into horror movie land. True, true. And I'm, I'm just gonna come out and say it really quickly, you say slacking, but um, ma'am, you were getting married. You you better hush now. <laughs> right, 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 right. But still, it felt weird. <laughs> it felt weird to have Halloween go by <laughs> without watching any Halloween. Nah, I get you. Things. I hear you. I, I know what you're saying. It's it's true. It was a it was a different Halloween this year. Yeah. A fun one. There was but a different. shift. A shift in the Earth's core. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt it under your feet, <laughs> but I felt it. I felt the heat where it was like, bitch, are you really not going to watch anything spooky today? And I was like, I can't. <laughs> but I did go trick-or-treating on Halloween. Oh, that's cute. So that's very nice. I did a little something, a little razzle-dazzle, but nothing too crazy. Okay, that's fun. Did you have a good time? I did. I want to make this clear. I went... I didn't go to, I went trick-or-treating with children. Like I took kids trick-or-treating. <laughs> Not to say that there's anything wrong with adults trick-or-treating. Do what you want to do. But I realized that when I said that, it made it seem like I alone Just on went my on own, own. <laughs> went trick-or-treating. Um, took but, your wedding dress, walked to a couple yeah. houses. <laughs> and said, um, please give me money if you can. <laughs> Preferably cash if you would like to um, feed in and help me help me survive this time um but no yeah it was it was fun it was cute lots of people participating which is always nice i kept my eye kept my eye on the streets for mikhail mm-hmm. um i didn't see him although apparently in my dad's neighborhood there was someone who had like a full like michael myers display at their house but we didn't end up going that direction okay um so i did not see him on you know buck wild and in the streets unfortunately but he was Mm. there in my heart i feel that uh now something that actually was brought to my attention this year which this could just be within my circle um but i saw a lot of people on social media actually complaining that there weren't that many trick-or-treaters this year that they had done their full setups they had their candy ready to go Mm -hmm. ready to be in the spirit to give out and they said like there there just wasn't that many and now Granted, that could have right. just been in L.A., but I did see a number of people have that complaint. 
Right. Well, and it also gets tricky when Halloween falls on like a weekday or a school day because mm, that's true. Like then you beg the question of, OK, are we doing this? Because you guys got to get to school tomorrow. That's very um, true. I have to work in the morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so it feels like if people maybe aren't passing out candy earlier than maybe people because i know for for here speaking for here i know a lot of different places do things over the weekend so they do like trunk or treat and things like mm -hmm. that over the mm -hmm. weekend and so i wonder if a lot of people hit those up and then we're like okay it's monday yeah it's halloween but like get get in bed because you got school <laughs> tomorrow kind of a thing there were more trick-or-treaters um when we were out and about than i expected okay. it was actually quite quite a good amount but it was more so like big groups like we would see one group of like eight kids and their parents and then we wouldn't see anybody for a while okay and we'd see another group of like 12 kids so it felt like everybody was kind of bunched up i didn't see a lot of solo pairs or anything okay um, running around well but... that's good though i'm happy that there's at least people still out and about keeping the tradition yeah. alive like i i do feel like post-pandemic it's been a little bit strange. We are getting back to normal with a lot of things. But I do think trick-or-treating is one of those things that did take a hit, you know, after everything was said and done. So you know, just make sure that we don't let some of these Halloween traditions die. That's all I'm saying is I understand it is a month. It's a weekday, probably cold for a lot of people. But, you know, <laughs> trick-or-treating brings joy. It's it's one of the mm -hmm. biggest parts about Halloween. So Oh, nah. Fear not. Seems like it's holding on tight. Um, seems like everybody's trying to get back into the thing, uh, back into the swing of things. So, yeah, I feel like depending on the day that Halloween falls, mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe just kind of either whittles some people out. But, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Had a good Halloween. Um, we got to finish, wrap up our Halloween-a-thon, which was very, very fun. Mm -hmm. I very much enjoyed doing that over October, and I hope that you guys enjoyed listening to us do that. If you guys haven't seen yet, um, I did end up posting on Instagram both mine and Roshane's, like our final rankings mm -hmm. of the Halloween movies, our individual rankings. Um, so if you guys wonder kind of at the end of everything, how we ended up feeling about all the movies and you want to see how each of us ranked them, then go to our Instagram and find that post. It's from like a week ago. Um, so yeah, that is on there. But going from one horror villain to another, it's kind of becoming a tradition for us where after we come back from a break or like right before we go to a break, we go back to freddy <laughs> we go back to our guy it's true it's been it's been a hot second since we covered uh a nightmare on elm street yeah it's been a really long time and so when we were coming back i was like you know what let's visit oh we just love haddonfield let's visit elm street again mm -hmm. let's go back to another white suburban neighborhood <laughs> that's being terrorized by a killer <laughs> um <laughs> you can't keep us away <laughs> but it's it's been it's been a long time even for me, since I've seen the nightmares, um, particularly as as you guys know, if you've heard that episode, Dream Warriors is my favorite. Mm -hmm. When we start to get later in the series, I've seen all of them a handful of times, but I would say those first three are the ones I go back to the most. So even for me, going back to four, which have you had you seen this one before? No, no, I've never seen this one like all the way through. I think mm -hmm. like from here on out with the Nightmare on Elm Streets, we're in uncharted territory for me. 
Um, okay. I will say I've seen scenes from this movie, um, all of the classroom scene, the Karate Kid stuff. Like I, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen bits and pieces of this movie, but never start to finish. Okay, perfect. So once again, we are in uncharted territory for Roshane, and I love when we get into uncharted territory. <laughs> so without further ado, it feels good to be back, homies, and let's kick it off with. Mr. Kruger. <laughs> Mr. Once again. Kruger. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory. So you have been warned, but today we are talking about A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. This movie came to us in 1988, directed by Rennie Harland, with characters by Wes Craven, written by Brian Hedgeland and William Kotzwinkle, starring Lisa Wilcox as Alice, Tuesday Night as Kristen, Andres Jones as Rick, Danny Hassel as Dan, Toy Newkirk as Sheila, Brooke Theus as Debbie, and Robert England as Freddy Krueger. It's been a year since Freddy's bones were laid to rest. Kristen, Kincaid, and Joey were released from Weston Hills and are doing their best to return to their normal lives. But when both Kincaid and Joey are killed in their sleep, it is clear to Kristen who is responsible. Freddy Krueger is back and he's hungry for souls. And with the Elm Street kids defeated, it is up to Alice Johnson to stop Freddy's Nightmare Massacre once and for all. Insert Karate Kid montages, French kissing Freddy's, and bad boys digging up bad bones here. Our film concludes with a dream-powered Alice facing off against Freddy alone. But will her newfound strength be enough to put the nightmare down for good? Also, wanna suck face? Roll credits. Freddy always has to have his tongue waggling and wiggling and jiggling in somebody's face. Just all over the place. Uh, Also, why... That's maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but like, why does so much of the ADR in this movie sound like softcore porn? Is it just me? And no, it does. It does. (laughs) It's bizarre. There's one particular scene that I notice it where it's the scene where Alice is getting sucked into the movie theater and she's trying to hold on and she's like, ugh, ugh, what? Or Scream! Even, <laughs> or even when Chris is getting like sucked into that that sand pit like that whole time. Oh yeah. She's like, Ha 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 ha! 
girl uh, you're in mortal danger i'm gonna need to see a little bit more resonance out of that voice yeah can give me a little bass in that <laughs> in that she's it's too much it's very much borderline of like freddie got fingered not but like the <laughs> porn version <laughs> not the regular version it's very much leaning in that direction yeah i don't know i i I think that's just a characterization of like 80s horror movies is mm, and, and even 70s horror movies is the perilous sounds that the people have to make. You can tell they never really want to take it too far. It just always feels like they're like holding back. Nobody wants to scream or like go too scary. So it all just sounds very much like, oh, Oh no, Freddy. <laughs> no, please don't kill me. It's like, come on. <laughs> come on. Scream man. a little bit. Come on. <laughs> Give me a scream. <laughs> um, but all right. So talk about Nightmare Four. Uh first mm -hmm. time full watch for me. I assume not for you. Do you know how many times you've Correct. seen this one? I've probably seen this one like four or five times. Okay, okay. So you are you are knowledgeable about this movie. Mm hmm I am, I am. In that case, Erica, let me uh, let me know what is in your notebook. Okay, well, <laughs> my first note is dumb. I just said such a satisfying chalk drawing. That little <laughs> girl who's drawing, <laughs> drawing Freddie's house. Um, mm -hmm. Or no, not Freddie's house. Nancy's house. Nancy's house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, which I always forget in this movie because going off of a franchise where it was like the Myers house is where the villain grew up. I always forget in these movies that the house that's synonymous with Nightmare is just Nancy's Nancy's house. house. Yeah, just not Freddy's. A regular it's, house. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, this chalk drawing is just very satisfying to me. It's just filled. There's not a single piece of concrete showing through these colors. This girl <laughs> filled this shit in perfectly. The shading done immaculately. Now, granted, this is a dream, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's not at the same time. The, the one thing about this movie that I think it's a little bit wonky is they have a lot of moments where things spill over from the dreams. And we've never previously set up that things can happen like that. Everything that usually happens is kept in the dreams. And yeah, we've established that things can get pulled out of dreams. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times in this one's like the chalk drawing happens in a dream, but then is still there when they visit the house just in reality. Or like the the scratch across the lockers yeah. that's like glowing red. Yeah. Why did that happen in real life? For flourish, let's be real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but with the chalk drawing i agree like the whole opening sequence with the chalk i really enjoyed i'll be mm -hmm. honest though i expected something far more grandiose when we were when we panned out to see what the actual thing was because we spent a solid like two minutes of just like right. chalk against concrete and like really deep like deep digging into that artwork and then it just pulls out and just this it's, it's just a house. It's just a house it's drawn just by a, a house. kid. I was like, it, oh, it, okay. Yeah, it feels very much like on Blue's Clues when I, th Steve's drawings used to blow me back. Like I was like, <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like, damn, he's good. That's an artist if I've ever seen one. My mom would be drawing just like a block of cheese. It was, he'd be like, in a square, we're going to add three circles. And I was like, like damn, oh, that's good. No way. Yeah. But that's what it feels like because you're watching, yeah, you're watching 
the hand of this person just drawing all this stuff and then it peers out and it looks exactly like what the house looks like but yeah it's just a house i think especially compared to the opening of the last one where she literally made a house diorama out of just popsicle sticks mm-hmm. that was pretty dope yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then in this one it's like it's just a drawing of a house <laughs> <laughs> hey that you know the opening song that was kind of a bop though I don't know why I was kind of yeah. bopping with it. Yeah. You can look it up later. Um, My but nightmares. I know that they just say nightmares on it. I- I'm not going to lie to you. nightmares and running a lot. Like yes. A bunch of that. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little bit upset because if you go to HBO Max, they have so many of the nightmare movies except mm-hmm. for four. It skips <laughs> from three to five. And I, so I don't know what you ended up doing, but I rented this yeah, on Amazon same. Prime. It was the only place I could find the it. The only choice. But I will say when this movie started and the music started playing, I did have to ask myself, did I rent the right movie? For a minute, I thought I rented Dream Warriors because they open very similarly with right. like this intense rock music coming in and the the bright light like the bright red letters and then the beginning of of like someone doing something, someone working on some kind of a project. Right. Um, so I did question for a minute if, if I had rented the wrong movie and I was going to be really upset if I did, but I didn't. Um, but I will say for this opening, I like this opening. It is a little bit confusing now. So Patricia Arquette did not come back to right. reprise the role of Kristen. We have Tuesday night mm-hmm. as playing her in this one. And which that's... had me all the way messed up. Let me tell right. you. I had, and to, that's... I had to pause the movie, go back, read the synopsis for three again, and be like, Am I am I in right. the right timeline? And and this is the first, I would say, besides Nancy coming back in three, mm-hmm. this is the first time that we've seen a continuation of a group of kids who survived a previous nightmare and are now having to establish the beginning of a new story once again it's a little bit confused it's it's not unheard of to recast um you know roles and things especially because in comparison to three Kristen's role in this is not as big however it's really confusing i and i while i was watching it i thought particularly for you having never seen this before it was gonna you probably were gonna be wondering who this person was oh absolutely because we don't know that that is Kristen for at least the first three minutes and then they had to kind of add in a line of her saying like relax Kristen right? or like something I love when they do that I love when they do that when you know absolutely that was just for the audience to be like yo who the hell is this girl like, who is that right and honestly it's funny because it didn't have to start with Kristen it very much could have started with somebody it could have started with Kincaid it could mm-hmm. have started with Joey considering they couldn't get Patricia Arquette back they didn't have to start with her they could have started with someone we would have immediately recognized um but yeah they had to throw in that line of her being like oh, Kristen calm down so that you knew <laughs> <laughs> oh okay this is this is a continuation that's, well, that's where we're going with this all right yeah knock clock that too <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Um, but I do like, I mean, mean, you touched on it a little bit already, but the way that the dream world and the real world just are constantly going back and forth, it is Mm -hmm. jarring and doesn't work all the time. 
but really made it feel like I was in this dream state the whole time. Like, mm. I felt like I was in a fugue state watching this because, like, I was honestly never fully sure when we were back in the real world and when we were in dreamland. And right. it feels like it was done intentionally. So for that reason, I feel like I liked it. Yeah. No, that's fair. It, it definitely, this one straddles the line, I think, really well of, yeah, you never really know what is really happening. And 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 night and the previous ones do that well as well, where you don't really know when you're in a dream. But I think what this one does and touches on the that we haven't seen yet is that the character of Alice, there's a lot of times where Freddie's not really after her. Mm-mm. She's more of like a tool that he's using. Yeah. And so it's interesting because she'll be in her dreams for a lot of this movie and instead of it being like oh now we know because freddie is there with her it's more so just the weird aspects kind of catch you up to the fact that oh okay this is this is not reality we're kind of removed from that and she is in a dream state Mm -hmm. but i did enjoy that aspect of it because i think it's it's cool to have a character where they're not they're not necessarily constantly running from Freddy. Mm-hmm. They are just almost experiencing everything as it happens, um, but not necessarily in any danger until they decide to put themselves in danger. Right. And now remind me, because it has been a little bit since we covered the other nightmares. Is this mm-hmm. our first our first time exploring the daydreaming aspect of things and how that affects Freddy? I mean, kind. I mean, they did it a little bit in like the first one because Nancy would kind of fall asleep in the day and and she would have some like little daydreams and stuff. I'll say this is the first time where I feel like they really play into it where they go. Alice is a daydreamer as if that's some quirky (laughs) thing that nobody else does. It's like this huge aspect of her, of her as a character. It feels like in this one, though, they really lean heavily into the um, the lack of sleep Mm -hmm. in in the sense of like everybody's falling asleep constantly in this movie characters are falling asleep and that happened as well in in dream warriors however it feels like it it, i mean people are falling asleep falling asleep on the toilet in this one and like (laughs) (laughs) we've never really seen we've never had that that much i think of a like i'm just gonna immediately fall asleep situation as we do in this one Mm -hmm. it feels like to me okay fair enough fair enough um, were you also as irked as I was that it had to be Kincaid that had to go first? Well, yes. And, and I was always irritated by the fact that Kincaid comes back and we're so, I mean, I knew it when we were recording the last one, we rejoiced, we danced <laughs> naked in the streets <laughs> about the fact that Kincaid would survive. And I went through that whole conversation with the knowledge that um, 10 minutes into the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, what's the, you know what's annoying about the Kincaid situation to me? Because obviously Kincaid would have died in this movie. Yeah. It's, it's like The legacy inevitable. characters were going to go. That, that isn't the they issue. They have to go. They have to go. The thing about Kincaid is, first of all, um, his dog jason has a uti so severe that he pisses 
hellfire <laughs> what is i mean i have to give it to them it's ridiculous but it's creative you know it's a it's a it's a bonkers visualization mm -hmm. to bring freddy back in that way <laughs> but at the same time it weirdly fits within this film like within yeah. the context of this film this film to me is so dramatic it's, <laughs> oh like my god so yes. dramatic feels like a soap opera it fe exactly it is so soap opera so much drama the whole time like i wrote that note a couple times before i finally gave in and i was like okay i accept this movie for what it is now <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just taking these beats by beats but oh my god the drama in this oh my god it's it's high levels and like we'll tap i mean it's it's all up and through this movie so we'll probably tap on it multiple <laughs> times in this episode but it starts off with this ridiculous way of bringing freddie back yeah and i love the thing about kincaid's sequence is i love his environment i think that that visually is is very 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 cool um i love the, the like the cars the car, the car yeah, maze yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of builds up around him i thought that was great and i think that they really set him up to have a cool standoff with freddie that kind of fizzles to me i feel like he just gets killed off so quickly there's no really battle there's no cool chase in the way that other characters get it and and i do feel that way a bit about a couple deaths in this although i enjoy a lot of the deaths one of this movie has one of my favorite death sequences i also feel like there are certain characters where it feels like they really feel um like their sequences were put to the back burner yeah. and were kind of neglected and then they thought okay well we have to kill them off some way and for me i am kincaid's feels really edited it feels like there was more to his sequence yes, and that got, got edited down. Mm -hmm. Because why is Freddie is like all of a sudden behind just has Freddie's like cradling him all of a sudden. We <laughs> cut away from Kincaid and when we come back, Freddie's like ho holding the back of his neck, <laughs> like <laughs> like ser serenading him and then just kills him. Yeah, just stabs and him in stabs him in the belly. It's I agree with the fizzle statement because that's what it feels like. Because ridiculous resurrection aside and not gonna front the reverse uh resurrection all the flesh and bone we love those sequences we love the effects for that that mm -hmm. looked great it was just all the context around it was absolutely bonkers yeah but yeah once he's back up and he's alive the sequence feels like it's getting good. Like it feels like things are ramping up, especially like you said, with the moving cars, him getting boxed in. I even love that big visual when we zoom out and see that it's just a world of cars, like there's yeah. nowhere to run. All that's dope. And then it just cuts back and he gets poked in the belly. I'm like, that's it? That's everything? That's all that's all Kincaid's gonna get? Oh, so oh. And they kind of like I do enjoy what they do with the the Elm Street kids because the three of them are like the last of the Elm Street kids, right? Mm -hmm. And I do like what they do with them, where it's this idea of they've all kind of moved on, but Kristen is still holding on to this feeling that he's going to come back. And I like the what they establish, where it's like Joey and Kincaid don't really use their powers anymore; they don't have any need to. But Kristen can't can't really control 
she just kind of brings them into her dreams when she gets scared. It's just like it's like she can't really control it. It's just mm-hmm. something that happens. And I love the dynamic that they kind of set up between the, them, where it's this frustration that the boys have with her, where it's like, yo, let's move on with our lives. And she's like, I don't know. And so I feel like they build up all this stuff in the first beginning, the first five minutes with them. And and then all of them get killed off in pretty quick succession. It's yeah. like back to back to back. They get rid of all three of them. I don't necessarily know that they needed to. I I didn't mind it per se. I was just annoyed that I felt like out of the three of them, Kincaid got a great setup, but his actual death was very lackluster. Yeah. And like, look, if you're going to kill the black person off first, that's fine. But like, at least make it exciting or, Do you know, something. sensational in some way. Right. Like not just a little tickle in the belly. That upsets me because like like, Joey got the whole yeah Joey got the whole waterbed thing. Joey's is the best. Joey has a great one, and then even Kristen like getting tossed into the fire, the fire water, and watching her melt to then go to her house and see her literally on on fire. fire. Like she got some some pizzazz, some sensationalism to her death. Kincaid just got poked. We didn't even get to see the aftermath of him. He just like lightly gassed. Yeah, I guess in real life he has like a heart attack. But yeah, Joey is to me is the most successful for me personally, because I really feel like they used they used something we knew about Joey. They established in all of Dream Warriors that Joey's weakness is women. Mm -hmm. And they use that in this one. That's the only one to me that felt like it got carried over and like we used something we had learned previously about him to then aid in his death. And I thought that the waterbed imagery was, was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, even that one feels a little bit messy to me. Cause he's like already bleeding and Freddie, we never see Freddie stab him, yeah. but it's, it's, it's the entirety of it. I think I'm like willing to forgive that. Christus is it bad to me. I just, Oh, in a movie that has some pretty great, makeup effects she looks like she's covered in shit like she doesn't look like am i wrong she doesn't look like she's she doesn't look like she's burning she looks like she took a shit bath and it's so bonkers to me every time I don't know if they thought the fire would hide it, but she does not look like she is on fire. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it looked fine to me on a first watch, but now okay. I feel like that scene is ruined for me for every sequential watch from now on. <laughs> I don't know. Go back and rewatch it and let me know what you think. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm off base, but every time I see it, she just looks like she's been rolling she's like she like pops up and it reminds me of like what are you doing in my swamp like that's what she (laughs) reminds me of when she pops back up out of the fire and it's just it's we it's just always bizarre to me because i feel like across the board in this movie this it has some pretty good makeup effects Mm -hmm. for a lot of the other characters but Kristen's to me was just a little bit lackluster that's you know what i'm gonna say fair just because i don't have a (laughs) an argument against um i will will say this my my one it's not even really an issue i just i did feel like her the sequence leading up to her death was a little bit messy for me i think we like Mm. just jumped locations too many times and i feel like Mm. it felt like we were really trying to hammer in this idea that alice was going to take over this power and like that was the most important thing 
Um, but then in the same vein, we spent so much time, I feel like, in that sequence, like getting rid of Kristen, that it, it, it dragged a little bit f- for me, like somewhere there in the middle. Yeah. Um, but this whole notion of now, like, Alice becomes this sponge for everybody's dream powers, I, I liked it, I think. You know, like it yeah. worked. It worked for me as like a as a key point to wrap this whole movie around. It's a little silly, but it's kind of cool. It's like I like it, especially. I feel like once you get to the end, it really pays off. It, mm-hmm. It's I my favorite moment is when she like you know does her whole gear up sequence. That's right. just so over the top, but I love it. But it feels like we've really gotten the payoff of seeing her yeah absorb all of her friends kind of their power or what their their strengths is what she absorbs throughout the movie and i guess alice to me so they kind of set up alice in a way she's almost like carrie (laughs) when we first meet her yeah very Um, much i guess or i guess if you were to relate her to a character within the franchise, she feels to me more like Jesse from the second one than like a Nancy or even a Kristen. She's very, very shy. And I think they're trying to make the reason I say she reminds me of Carrie is because it feels like they're trying to make her very like dowdy and unattractive, but like she's a very beautiful girl Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they just kind of made her hair greasy and put her in a dress with (laughs) (laughs) like a frumpy dress um but then as the movie goes on and she gains her friend's strengths she like starts to wear makeup and she gets more confident and and my only thing about the whole alice thing and the powers is yeah it feels like they introduce this daydream aspect that she has, and it almost feels like that should tie in to her power, but it feels like that gets forgotten. Yeah. Really early. It feels like once they introduce the idea that she is going to be connected to Kristen, because she gets, that's the whole thing, is Alice gets Kristen's power, but then as a result, Alice keeps unknowingly pulling people into her dream and then once she pulls them in like freddie's like cool great i've got him now but it feels like as soon as she gains that aspect like the whole daydream thing really meant nothing yeah quite i don't quite understand why that has to do with her as a person yeah me neither outside of like escaping from her shit dad um and i guess the rest of the honestly awful parents in yeah in this area this town i mean granted we're in soap opera land here um oh which reminds me cannot not mention the pure drama that is the sleeping pill sequence with kristen and her mom oh my god (laughs) that whole sequence from the moment uh her mom honks the horn up until kristen falls asleep Kristen, get away from that house. Underlay, underlay. What? (laughs) (laughs) Kristen, get the hell away from that house. Underlay, underlay, underlay. Hey, hey, hey. You don't have to go if you don't want to. I'll take care of you. I better go. Okay. Something the matter with the cuisine? Well, Mom, I'll tell you. 
When two of your friends die in the same day, let me know what it does to your appetite. You're just tired. Don't think I haven't noticed that you haven't been sleeping, young lady. That has got to stop, honey. What's wrong with me? Adolescent anxiety. I'll make it better. been keeping score. It's his fucking banquet, and I'm the last course. Kristen, we went over this in therapy. No, Mother. You just murdered me. Take that to your goddamn therapy. Kristen! Mid the other scene, you just see her drive off in the background. She skirts out like... <laughs> The Fast and the Furious, her tires are squealing. It's wild because it, yeah, it feels like she just drove by the house, happened to see Kristen there, stopped the car to be like, hey, get away from that house. you got to get home now. And then just peels out of the street, <laughs> leaves Kristen behind. It was, it was after that scene that I fully accepted all the drama. <laughs> But yes, going back to what you were saying, yeah, it felt like the moment the sponge idea got introduced, that is where we were going. And honestly, it's it does kind of suck to lose the the daydreaming because we did start to set that up. But I was kind of okay with how with how how much is going on in this movie. I was okay with them kind of simplifying it and just going down that route. I'm sure there's definitely a way that they could have still incorporated the daydreaming into the whole you know, melting pot of abilities that she had. Mm -hmm. But it leaving, I, I didn't miss it too much. I was like, it's fine. We can keep yeah. going. But what was interesting to me was it felt like because we went with the sponge idea, although there was a lot of auxiliary characters that I liked, they were straight up body count for this movie. <gasps> yeah. Like everyone was body count just to lead up to that last scene with Alice, which... It's fine. It worked for what they were trying to do. But like characters like Sheila and, and um, oh, what's her name? Deb. Are you talking about the cockroach girl? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For characters like Sheila, Debbie, even Dan, like I feel like they get pushed to the side so much um, that. Oh, not Dan. I'm sorry. Um, Rick, Rick. Rick. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Rick. We'll talk about Rick in a second. <laughs> Um, but like they all have all these like interesting quirks and then it feels like two scenes later they're dead and so we never yeah. really get to explore anything with them we just get to see what their quirk is slash what their maybe dream Afraid power of. is and then freddy kills them yeah and it's weird because i remember thinking early on that i enjoy the sequences where this friend group is like interacting i like that i like seeing them all kind of talk and and just be like high schoolers mm -hmm. um because this is actually a very high school heavy movie we see them at school a lot some of the deaths happen at school mm -hmm. it feels very much like 
a high school film within this franchise where I feel like a lot of times we and the other ones maybe will go away from they'll be teenagers, but we're not necessarily seeing them in that way. I feel like in this one we do. And so I really enjoyed all of those moments between the friends. But yeah, I, I think specifically for like Deb and Sheila feels like they go away for a little while and then come back when it's time to die. Yeah. <laughs> where Whereas <clears throat> we get a little bit more time with our other characters. We get to kind of spend time with them and get to know them a little bit more. And it's like, and I really like Sheila as a character. I do wish that we got more of her because I feel like that's a type of character that we don't, her characterization as a black woman, I feel like we don't necessarily always get to see um, in these sorts of movies. True. And I like what they did with her, but yeah, it's like she's, she kind of pops up here and there, which is fine. I don't think she needed to be all up and through. But I do think some of the time that was allotted to like Kristen and Joey and Kincaid in the beginning, we could have given a little time to to Deb and Sheila. Yeah. And even Dan a little bit. Because I'm like, we've spent time with those characters already. We've met all of them. We know all of their quirks and what have you um so i wouldn't have minded seeing a little bit more of them because yeah i i always forget how high of a body count this one has i mean everybody dies in yeah. this movie. Like, everybody dies <laughs> it's yeah it's so true and i think the the downside of that is although there were characters that i was interested in and that i enjoyed i really felt myself not feeling anything during the deaths because i just did not have enough time with the characters like, even mm -hmm. characters that I liked, like, like, same with you. I really enjoyed Sheila's character and characterization. But even when she died, one, I wasn't sure that she was fully dead. I was like, is, is she dead? Because the way they, the way she kind of yeah. gets carted off, I'm like, is that it? Um, it's weird. Yeah. It's, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. But, like, even hers, I was just like, ah, this sucks. But also, like, I, I still don't really know anything about you other than you're mm -hmm. smart and you have asthma. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. It's just a death My little asthmatic. Quick... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> asthmatic ass. But like, <laughs> no, but for real, like there were so many deaths happening in quick succession that at some point I just accepted the fact that, all right, well, who's ever in the next scene, if we go yeah. dream state, they're dead. Right. If we in a dream, goodbye. And yeah, the, the Sheila death. So I really enjoy that death it's really gross um <laughs> this is one of the few times where freddie gets to act through with his whole kissing situation because i feel like in every movie he says something about kissing somebody but then in this one he like fully he's makes out with her so hard that he sucks all of the air out of her body which in real life causes her to have an asthma attack that scene is just so messy though because i feel like this is the first time that we've had a freddie death in full view of multiple people mm -hmm. and so it's so it plays so strangely though because alice is also asleep they're that's the whole point they're both yeah. asleep but then when he starts killing her and she starts having the asthma attack in real life alice is already awake runs over to sheila right away right and and everyone's like, oh, my God, give her give her her inhaler or whatever. All the students are crowding around her. But then because Sheila's essence gets passed into Alice, it's like people all forget that Sheila is 
literally dying. Yeah, like everyone's like, Alice, what's wrong? Um, leave her the fuck alone. She's fine. <laughs> she just fell on her butt. Like, leave her. She's fine. Um, Sheila is dying. <laughs> like right everybody next forgets. To you guys. <laughs> Even the camera forgot Sheila was there because <laughs> yeah. it just pans over to where Alice you is. Just, you just see her hand. Alice like grabs her hand. Oh, that's all you see. They don't even pan back to. Well, no, they do pan back because Sheila's still breathing yeah and then next thing we know she's dead <laughs> yeah and that was that was the other thing thank you for reminding me um another kind of con is despite the dramatics of this movie the way that people are reacting to death is very yeah. strange like i think the sheila <laughs> yes. section is a great example of that where like this there's a whole classroom of people watching um this girl die and everyone seems pretty calm for the most part. Yeah. Um, I know for, I don't want to get you off path. No, but go ahead. But I know another weird reaction that I took note of is after Rick dies and at the funeral, it's like Dan and Deb's, Dan like walks oh. up to, Dan walks up to Allison and is just like, are you, are you okay? What? <laughs> at the at her brother's funeral? It's like he's confused on why she's upset. He's like, mm -hmm. what's wrong? It's like, bro, that her brother died. Yeah, her brother's <laughs> dead. And that that sorry, that, that reminded me. Thank you. Um, mm -hmm. the other thing too is like I feel like it takes people so long to get behind the Freddy's back idea. And that's yeah. bonkers to me, based on the literal body the trail <laughs> of bodies that he's leaving. <laughs> Over the course of what seems like just a couple of days, mm -hmm. there are no other plausible explanations except possibly this one dream killer who this town has dealt with multiple times before. It's just taking everybody forever to be like, yeah, yeah maybe Freddie is back. Yes, it's so. And that's why I feel like it really would have done them a service to keep at least one of the Elm Street kids alive for a little bit longer. That's the only reason that I was like, oh, they kill them off back to back to back. Because I do think it would have been nice to have one of them stay alive just a little bit longer to back Alice up mm -hmm. so that there was a quicker feeling of, okay, everybody is on board with fighting this because nobody ever is. So yeah. then by the time they are it's just alice like she's the only one who's gonna go in and fight against this and it's like rick when he does get pulled into his dream he acknowledges that freddie that it's freddie deb does the same thing eventually people come around to it but then it's too late by the time that they do yeah and like even with like rick like why did it take rick so long to finally be on board <laughs> with what alice was saying like he was in the thick of it with right he saw Kristen lit on fire. On fire, dog. And like, still had some semblance of doubt in his head that maybe something paranormal is happening here. Like, my guy. Like, I mean, despite the fact that I did enjoy his uh, fight sequence with Invisible Freddy. Um, it's yeah. Silly. It's silly how he loses that. It's absolutely silly. It's it's disrespectful okay so here, here's the thing about the invisible friday scene because i think i've mentioned before i watched the never sleep again documentary mm -hmm. um forever ago but actually i've watched that many times i think it's so interesting if you guys have never watched it it's like five hours long but it's a very good <laughs> um they go through every single nightmare movie and okay. for this one so the reason that that 
what Rick's death is the way that it is, is because they, so the whole elevator sequence was supposed to be much more extreme, was supposed to be much more grand. The elevator was supposed to like fall away, like the walls of it. And he was supposed to kind of like keep just falling and falling and falling. Mm -hmm. But either they ran out of budget or they ran out of time and they couldn't film that. So they kind of scrapped this idea of, of his death sequence, but they had already filmed his funeral sequence. And so they didn't want to lose, just cut that because that was like money they had spent on that a day, like time they had spent on that. Right. And so they then decided to weave his interest in karate in with his death. So they set up this whole thing and Robert England wasn't there. So they made Freddie invisible and just used Smart. his glove. Um I will say Sayonara Rickson is like the most ridiculous <laughs> thing I've ever heard Freddie say. Um it's like kind of my favorite thing, but also my least favorite thing. The thing Freddie in this movie is like he this is when Freddie is approaching like cartoon looney tune-esque freddy yeah. he's gone from the serious and obviously in the last one we started to get into his wise crackery but on this one he's like teetering that line it's some of the stuff he says is still really cool and then some of the stuff he says is very much corny. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Not everything aged well. The Rick song was pretty cringe, not going to lie. <laughs> like, the, but it's like my man's had to have a one-liner after every single death. Like yeah. he had one locked and loaded for each one. I'll see you in hell. Tell him Freddy sent you. How's this for a wet dream? <laughs> you can check in, but you can't check out. And I got I gotta admit, I like that. For me, it was entertaining just because what was fun was watching a fourth movie Freddy do his thing, you know? Like mm -hmm. he's at this point both actor and character are quite confident in the way that they do things. So like, I think that aids into like the, the comedy and like the wise crackery. Is that a word? Wise crackery? The wise cracks. I don't cracks. think it is, but I like it. I <laughs> it like is using now. it. <laughs> um, but just like his energy and just like his bravado and stuff. I did enjoy it. Um, it was at the line for me. I was like, any yes. more than this, we going into full cheese territory, which I'm sure based on your look, it's going to go there. <laughs> um, but I I did actually enjoy this iteration of Freddy. I thought that Robert England was having a lot of fun. Oh, and yeah. I think it definitely translates into the performance a lot. Yeah, you can tell that he's having a blast. And in this one, because Freddy is kind of taking on some different personas, he kind of gets to dress up as all these different characters and mm -hmm. and use that to lead into his what he's about to do to each each victim, which is is fun. And you know, we have those ones that are really silly, like the the roach where motel where he's like, you can check in, but you can't check out. Where those <laughs> ones to me are, you know, they're they're really silly. But like I said, there are still some in the here sunglasses. that I think. Oh yeah, the sunglasses <laughs> on the beach and the way he like a town stomps her <laughs> into the sand. I mean, come on. But then you have some in here that are still that still feel like 
that classic Freddy. Because I, I think one of my favorites is with Kincaid, where Kincaid is like, I'll see you in hell. And he goes, tell him Freddy sent you. Yeah, I always, I love one. that that's line. I think that's one. a great line. But um, the one-liners in this one, they are hit or miss. Because I will even say like Alice's final line of like rest in hell rest in hell baby girl we could have taken that one we could have re reimagined <laughs> that one because i'm like that doesn't make any sense because you say rest in peace no one says rest in heaven so like what she was new to badassery all right we saw it from the beginning of the movie she's not she's fresh in this world all right she's a little green when it comes to taking down top level villains Okay, but at that point, you had absorbed my boy Kincaid. I think you could have come up with something better because he he has some good ones. Okay, and I think right. you could have I think you could have leaned into his his side a little bit more. All right, I see you there. I see you there. The one liner at the end for her was a little lackluster. I'll be real. I love the idea of the final showdown. It just didn't work for me, and, and I think it's really a personal thing. I don't think that it was bad per se, but I just, I didn't feel any like big excitement or like any big thrill from that last bit. It was just kind of felt like they danced for a bit and then yeah. Freddie just kind of lost. It was a little slow. And, and that goes, that goes along with a bigger feeling that I have about this movie in general is it's just a little uneven. And I know for this movie, they were on like a really strict shooting schedule. So like mm -hmm. they're running out of time for a lot of stuff. I think there were like rewrites going on. And it was I think it was a very hectic set. Like okay. it was just a lot going on from the way that it seems. Um, I mean, production what did seem huge for this, like based yes. on a lot this of the practical effects, mm -hmm. the the um the settings the set pieces and all that i know this was like one of the also highest grossing f uh, horror films of that year mm -hmm. um and one of the highest grossing nightmare movies if i recall correctly as well so like it seemed yeah. like there was a, like a lot of money and effort put into this one yeah and therefore a lot of pressure we're also dealing with a director who was fairly fresh um had only a few things under his belt and that is not to say that Rennie harlan didn't do a good job because i do think for coming in and taking up the helm of a nightmare movie, there's a lot of director choices in this that I really like. As over the top as that sleeping pill scene is, I do love the overhead shot of her in her bedroom just like <laughs> clattering into different things and like falling over. It's really funny, but as far as shooting wise, it's done well. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of shots that I like that i enjoy that i think are are done very well and like i said some a lot of the practical effects are done amazingly like that whole sequence with the um the movie theater sequence mm -hmm. with alice being sucked into the screen and like her holding on and it being like tilted sideways stuff like that i think is just so so that's what i love about this series i think that the the way that they're able to bend what is humanly possible because you are dealing with a dream world, yeah. I think is such a benefit of this series. And I do think that they really took advantage of that in this movie. Yeah. And I really love that. But I will say that one of my biggest gripes about this one is at times it feels like they put so much, it kind of goes back to the Kincaid death. At times it feels like they put so much care 
into certain sequences. And then other sequences feel like they got forgotten and Mm. then remembered at the last minute. And so it feels like they thought really heavily about how Freddy would actually die, what would cause him to die. And then it feels like they thought heavily about Alice, how Alice would come back into the dream world. But then it feels like once they got into that dream world and getting to that death, I don't I don't feel like they thought any of that through. It just all feels so thrown together because you have it. It's like she goes in to save Dan. Okay, great. That's fine. Yeah. And then they go in and it's like the scene from Greece where they're like, you better shape up because they're in that little like, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the, the amusement tunnel. thing where it's tilting. Like, what does that have to do with anything? You you finally have Alice, right? Like you you're finally this is finally Alice's nightmare mm-hmm. in a sense. You're You're finally going up against her. So let's do something with that. Let's bring in Alice's fears let's let's we've we've built up all this stuff with her dad yeah let's do something with that i i really thought that that was going to come back into play at some point he was going to use that um since that was we spent so you're right we spent so much time on that and like it i think what was strange for me especially with like the final confrontation is she gained all these powers she had all these power-ups she went in there confident as hell even when we got into the 1v1 like she was doing her thing but it was this whole nursery rhyme mirror thing that <laughs> saved her at the end. Yeah. And that kind of felt like a waste to me because it was like, you got all these abilities, all these new tricks up your sleeve, and then none of them do shit. And you just hold right. up a mirror and you win. Like, I would have loved to have seen a little bit more struggle. There's there's a brief moment after she gives her first flurry of blows to Freddy, which is very fun when you watch that sequence and just see the different shots that they had homegirl do of like, all mm-hmm. right, now punch the camera. Now, now swipe at the yeah. camera. Now there's one in there where it's like, all right, throw in a little sidekick in there. Like it, it's mm-hmm. fun to just see the different like images, but they don't do anything. You know what I mean? Like he's completely right. unfazed and I get it for the character. He's like, you're in my world. Like you can't touch me, yada, yada, yada. But after that happens, she throws like another hit or two and like you see him stop and be like, oh, okay, that kind of hurt. I feel like we needed that energy through the whole thing. Like, I feel like there needed to be some push and pull in that last one because it just always felt like she was doing a lot, but he always had the upper hand the entire time. Yeah. And I mean, they really did because I I feel like they did this to some degree with Kristen in Dream Warriors where she was because that was kind of like I know it's supposed to be a mix of that and Rick because she does she does like a lot of karate and stuff. But I know that that was also kind of like Kristen's power is like all these flips and things. Mm -hmm. For some reason, it felt like a lot in this movie. I was like this. It feels like me when I'm playing Tekken and I'm just pressing every button because <laughs> just to get in any kicks I can. Um, but yeah, because she's doing cartwheels and flips. But I think that's what I mean, where it feels so in the beginning with with Kristen, right? We get all of these locations mm-hmm. where we're going all over the map with Kristen. So then why is Alice just in the church? Why yeah. are we just in one solid location for her? I think if we were jumping around a bit more with her, that she could have utilized all of her strengths. Like we could have been like, oh, okay, that's when she used Deb's 
power. This is when she needed like Sheila's Yeah, smart. like go through the list. Yeah, like go through some different locations and show her adapting to those. And I also thought because we introduced this idea of the Dream Master riddle, which Alice is the one who is very familiar with. She's the one that tells Kristen about it. Okay, so let's do something. Let's have Alice be a dream master. Let's say that's her own power. Mm -hmm. And so let's have let her have some control over dreams. And so maybe when she creates an environment, she's the one with the power and she can hurt Freddy. And then he twists it. And then it's like, and I'm not saying you need to have like, because like I said, they probably were, I know they were at the top of their budget. Like they didn't right. have, if maybe they couldn't a lot for a bunch of different changes in the, in the setting. But at least if, if you're going to have it in the church, at least make it clear that at times Alice is one upping him in some way, whether that be her like conjuring something up in her mind mm-hmm. or, or like her being able to, trick him in some way and get him confused so that yeah he does take some damage because although she gains everybody's powers i don't necessarily always feel like she utilizes nah she just used everybody's the karate powers. that was it she used karate, the karate and a little bit of gymnastics and then she used like sheila's thing that she had made oh but, but not like she, actually her brain power i mean i get like i guess she used her brain power to know that if she connected the the wire to the thing it would shoot electricity um we we could have done better than that we know i this. don't know. We know this and why did she do why did she do all that with the nunchucks and to then never she never use the nunchucks, the nunchucks. What, and why did they put that wig from, on her yeah what's stopping her from <laughs> conjuring some nunchucks it's a dream like right once again and once again they put a, a horrible wig on her stunt double yeah <laughs> i was like it's that, like a totally a, different color <laughs> And it's like, why even do that? Like, why even feel the need to have this big nunchuckery <laughs> sequence if she's not going to bring the nunchucks out in the final battle? She's just going to do cartwheels and, and kicks and stuff. So then, so why did we even need to see her like breaking her back with nunchucks <laughs> wearing a obviously brown party city wig <laughs> that, that does not match our actress's hair color or texture or length for that matter at all <laughs> yeah it was it was a little strange a little strange um but yeah i i think that honestly helps me hone in on what was missing for me at the end there is like similarly to a lot of other sequences like you said it was a lot of build up to what felt like almost a fizzle in a way like i don't Mm want to completely knock the last sequence because i do think the last sequence is fun and -hmm. it does feel like a conclusion sequence for this movie i just Mm -hmm. think based on all the different things that got set up like you have been you know talking about so far there are so many different adages or sprinkles of other characters that we've seen throughout the movie that could have been added into this last confrontation to really make it feel like it was a group effort to take uh freddie down or go down the route you were talking about about her being a dream master and have us get to watch somebody who is just as strong in the dream world as freddie is and have that 
sort of conflict because that would be fun to watch as well as like Mm -hmm. you can manipulate the dream so can i like let's let's battle back and forth in that way that would have been fun and i'm kind of disappointed that we didn't get to see more of that yeah but i mean as far as other things go i like the whole idea of like dan is in there and he gets pulled out Mm -hmm. and so then she's like on her own um and 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 although it's silly this idea of like look at yourself and then that's what (laughs) causes um the souls to rebel i suppose (laughs) it's a very very cool effect of them kind of ripping out of freddie and like seeing them underneath the skin which in reality they made like a huge model of his torso and then people were just like inside of it it's the same thing that they did in the first one with the with the the wall yeah yeah Yeah, it's like a very cool effect yeah i loved um, it it was it was very well done it looks and like the 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 image of the arm going inside of his mouth and like pulling his head apart was really was really cool yeah um even the even the cgi ghosts i was okay with though (laughs) the cgi hole in the chest i cannot forgive that did look rough. That that was a rough one. That was a copy paste right onto his chest and pray for yeah. the best. Mm-mm. It didn't need to happen. But also the CGI ghosts, I didn't mind either. Although they were supposed to be children, and one of them looked like Ronald Reagan. One of the kids' faces <laughs> looked old as as all get out. But I think they were all supposed to be little kids. By the way, they were giggling, yeah, and being like, "Thank you, <laughs> thank Alice. you." But one of them looked a little bit like Ronald Reagan. I was like, okay. Um, but I, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, for being resurrected in the way that he did, I although the way he gets killed is silly. I, I kind of like, I like how different it is. Um, and I think it makes sense to a certain degree um, because it kind of, I think because they kept, talking so much about the internal like this is the first time we really get to hear about like how he internalizes everybody and kind of like keeps them with him mm-hmm. and so it did make sense to me that that would be the thing that would kind of like rip him apart right. maybe them uh so although it's like okay the reflection bit is a little bit of a stretch i do think the idea of him being ripped inside out from these souls that he had been keeping prisoner i do like that that aspect of his death Mm -hmm. um i thought that was cool and i think that like the kind of like one of the strengths of this movie to me is the kind of relationship that freddie has with alice this unwilling partnership that they have yeah. and so i also really like that it kind of comes down to him and alice because i think that it was cool to see them throughout this movie because every interact the at least the last time that they interacted with the movie scene sequence where she's like talking to him and he's like eating <laughs> people meatballs <laughs> um i i like that they like he tells her like he's yeah. like yeah just keep bringing people to me like this mm-hmm. is working out it's cool whatever and the realization for her that although it's not her fault it is her that is killing her friends like none of this would have happened if she didn't now have this power that she 
can't control. And so I like that in the end, she gets to be the one that's like sets them free in a way. Yeah, I agree. And like, likewise, I enjoy that. I enjoy Freddie's MO for this one. I think it's, it makes a lot of sense that he would act in this way of being like, yeah, let me gobble up all these free souls. Um, mm-hmm. Is it then just Kristen's fault that all this is happening? Like, why'd she give the it power is. in the first place? And the whole, and how she's like, oh, Alice, I'm sorry that wasn't supposed to happen. Then why did you say her name? I Because that's the only reason she gets pulled in is because she screams her name. Mm-hmm. So, like, why did you scream? How are you going to scream Alice's name and then be like, oh, Freddie, don't touch her? Like, <laughs> Why did you bring her here then? So had he accomplished his goal of killing all the Elm Street kids, would he have just returned to hell? Could we have not had a movie if Kristen yeah. didn't uh, just rope Alice into this whole thing? Is she the yeah. true villain of Nightmare 4? Is it Kristen? They kind of they made her the villain, unfortunately, which is wild to me because I'm like... The Kristen of three wouldn't have done this. She wouldn't have done any of this. She wouldn't have even she wouldn't have even thought about bringing Alice in here. So it was wild to me that she's like, "Oh, Alice, I'm sorry. Like, um, I never meant for any of this to happen. Go what, girl? Bye. I'm. I wish I felt bad about about this hot bath you're about to take. But at that point in time, you're like, well, Kristen, you really did kind of mess. You really did like kind of make it where everybody." died oh and that's that's another thing too sorry this is random but going off of people not reacting appropriately another time that i thought of is when alice crashes the car and then looks over at dan who has obviously been who's obviously crashed his head into the windshield and she goes oh dan i'm sorry what (laughs) girl but this is wild to me the way that people have a complete disregard for other people in this movie is bonkers yeah that it kept taking me out (laughs) every time it happened it really truly did and i think also like there were there were the script was shaky in places to a degree not like obscenely bad by any means but like you could tell the the people saying the lines were kind of struggling to make them mesh together (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i feel like that in line with some of the moments that happened made it seem like the characters didn't really give a shit about some like high stakes stuff and like part of that could have just been like line delivery or whatnot but i agree with you there were several places where People just, they just weren't reacting accordingly to the things that were happening. I'm like, is this a dream? Is that why we're acting this way? Are we asleep right now? Or is this real? I cannot tell. Are you okay? Or even, or even Alice when she gets to Kristen's house and sees her on fire. Nobody reacts to that except maybe her mom. But even her mom, I'm like, this is kind of your fault. So I don't know why you acting all brand new. Right. And you, Kristen even told her, she said, my mur- you murdered me <laughs> or whatever she says. She's like, talk to your therapist about that. But yeah, um, Alice, I mean, pretty easily accepts everything that is happening um, with this whole Freddy situation. She is upset about it a little bit, but like not as much as I would think a person would be when they realize oh and this is another thing okay so the whole point right is that alice only brings people into her dream if they are also asleep 
it's not like she can bring them in anytime. It's like they both have to be asleep for her to bring them in. So I never understood, like, so she obviously, like, tries to just not sleep. That's, like, her her way of of solving things is, oh, I'm just not going to sleep. But obviously, that's not going to work. Eventually, she falls asleep. I don't know. I shouldn't just say, okay, like, nobody ever sleep. I'm going to sleep during the day from this time and this time. Nobody else falls asleep during this time. Y'all wait and fall asleep at nighttime. Because mm-hmm. that's really the only reason that people die is because they all are exhausted. All of them keep taking naps. And they all just keep falling asleep at the exact same time. Yeah. I feel like the only explanation I can give is just that because we have so many characters who are opposed to the the idea that this is Freddy terrorizing the town, that people are not acting accordingly to try and, you know, help the situation, i.e. figure out better sleep schedules, uh, (laughs) try these uh, dreamless pills that I know exist at this point because we've had them in the the past movies. But like, y'all could take things that'll stop you from dreaming. Yeah, I, I feel like the aversion to admitting that Freddy is just killing people is the thing, ironically enough, killing a lot of these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, basically all of them very late into the game. Yeah, except that that is what's going on. But I do want to talk about my favorite death, mm-hmm. which is Deb's death, mm. is my favorite sequence because it combines body horror and I think I think this actress now I will say the actor who plays Rick I do have to give it to him considering nobody else was there <laughs> and he had to pretend like he was fighting Freddy um, well I, d- I did want to give him his props mm-hmm. he did a good job for fighting an invisible person and trying to act like there was something going on um, but I will say Deb I think that her acting in this scene is really good. One of my favorite moments is when she like falls face first and when she pulls her face back up and screams. Mm-hmm. Oh, love that moment because basically her skin is like all falling off and she's turning into a cockroach. And I thought that that I just feel like that dream works so well because you would think like they they establish early on with her that she's scared of bugs. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's like a very obvious way that you could have gone with that. But I love that she turns into a bug. Yeah, it's like, very like true nightmare. Like this, this yes. is something that somebody with that fear would dream about in their nightmare. And it's very creative. I agree. It's probably the best one just like overall effects wise and like um, motivation. I, I I definitely think it's up there, if not the best one for me. Them swanging roach legs though at me weak. <laughs> when she's going, when, through, when the she's going through the hallway. I lost it. Yeah. I truly did. I... Yeah. <laughs> they are. And, like, they every, are. The, don't get me wrong. All the effects of like the skin ripping off and all that stuff, it's great. It looks gruesome. It looks painful. It mm-hmm. it, it all works. But there was just something about the way that they were just bouncing about yes. as she Material ran. girl. Yeah, they like are constantly in motion. As, and she's like looking around with them. With them she commits. On. She commits. I give it to she her. Commits. But God damn, that was funny. But them things was swinging. Mm-hmm. It's it a does. great it death, though. Crazy. It's a fantastic it's death. It's so good. Yeah. And like. It just, all the juice that comes out of that. I've never, 
never had a roach motel or whatever that that thing is so i don't know if that is accurate mm-hmm. but a lot of juice comes yeah. flying out of that thing i don't know the if they end. leak like that but i've never crushed one with my hand so i cannot say for sure right right um like i guess like <laughs> i guess maybe maybe that glue stuff kind of <laughs> oozes out like that but no that sequence to me is just so good so good so creepy and the actress sells it because yep. yeah it looks painful it looks awful and horrifying because it's like you can tell that it's half of because it like breaks her arm. He, she's like doing, <laughs> what are those? Oh, uh, a bench press. Yeah. And Freddie breaks her arms. And then that's when the cockroach arms come out. And you can tell that it's like equal parts. Obviously, it's very painful at first. But then after that, you can tell that it's like the horror of having cockroach arms now. And I'm just, <laughs> uh, it's so good. It is one of my favorite deaths in the entire franchise a like layer, that death layered death to the best yes to the best possible degree yeah chef's kiss to freddy for that one he mm-hmm. doesn't always think him through but he really really gave deb gave deb some thought um so that part is great and i will also tell you as far as like night nightmares go the sequence where Alice and Dan are consist like he- in a loop, re- that that also feels very much like a nightmare. Yeah. Like I, I feel like this movie to me really, really feels like it hones in on a lot of like just nightmare imagery really well mm-hmm. and and moments where I think, OK, yeah, I've had if not exactly like this, I've had a similar like dream or nightmare where these kinds of things happened. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree. And now that you bring up or that you brought up the Rick thing, that does uh, make me think like, oh, that would have been cool to have just because I know a lot of people have that falling nightmare that mm-hmm. like when you're falling forever. So I wonder if that was their initial idea because that that would have been another great like subtle imagery towards the different kind of nightmares that people experience yeah and i think that's what it is i think it was supposed to be that he was gonna just like as once the elevator fell away i think he was supposed to be just like falling like in space or like in the dark and Mm -hmm. just falling and falling and falling i think is what it was supposed to be um so yeah that would have been awesome because i agree i think that's a, a dream that a lot of people have experienced and or that sensation of feeling like you're falling and then like waking up um and it would have been interesting to see i think if they had done that it would have been interested to see how they portrayed it in the real world Mm -hmm. because that's another one rick's happens at school we never see the aftermath of his because of the way that it plays but his like he's the one who falls asleep on the toilet yeah (laughs) he's toilet man um but honestly for a lot of them we actually don't get to see the aftermath now that now that i think about it like we only really get to see like joey's uh kristen's and then i get sheila's i suppose sheila's and kincaid and kincaid's but even kincaid's i think was a little bit lackluster because like compared to what actually happened happened to him in the dream (laughs) had nothing to do with his outward injuries when he woke up so um i feel like that got lost a little bit which is something from the previous installments that i enjoyed like when people were getting like stabbed in their dreams to see that actual wound 
appear on them and like that difference or that element i miss that and i wish that there was a little bit more of that sprinkled in but i didn't miss it so much that it distracted me i just kind of got over it after a while yeah well and i just think in this one around the board and like i said i think this has to just come this comes down to just like time constraint and just cuts and editing there seems to me in this one there it feels like there are moments where there was something there that got edited out or cut cut out Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of moments where it feels like we're somewhere and then all of a sudden we're somewhere else Mm -hmm. or we're like jumping in time ahead to moments where it felt like the last one never really had a chance to end Mm -hmm. and so that could have just been a timing thing but i did notice that some of the shots in this movie are confusing. Like people will all of a sudden be behind peep characters when they were previously like all the way in the other room or yeah. <laughs> like all of a sudden Freddy's killing someone when the last time we saw them, they were fine. It just feels like things are moving at a very brisk pace, mm-hmm. um, but in a disjointed way. And it's not completely throughout the whole movie, but it's when it happens, it's really noticeable. Mm hmm. I agree with that. Uh, but, I mean, that's pretty much everything I got. Is there any other last points you want to make before we rate this bad boy? No, that is about it for me. Um, and I will say, Dan, Dan and Alice, that that relationship kind of came out of nowhere. I was going to say, where did that come from? <laughs> I will say that that one kind of came out of nowhere. Um, But that was my last thought because I just always thought that Dan just kind of popped up and was like not interested in Alice and then was like interested in her all of a sudden. Maybe it's because she saved his life. Maybe. Or maybe it was the dream leather jacket. Could have been that. It was a nice look. It was a nice look. She looked good. I like the tank top with the leather, and she put her hair up in a ponytail, um, which she had never done prior to doing that for some reason. It was like always down. <laughs> but now she looked good in the final sequence. I get it. Yeah, you, I get it. If he know, was like, maybe he saw something he liked towards the end. Who knows? But Dan, like, I don't know. It's messy. I wouldn't want to be involved with that because, like, Al- Alice is messy, but. He was he was into it, but I mean I think that's just it's not the first random relationship. Yeah, seen. you got you gotta have them in a horror the movie get together, and it won't be the last. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all right, what metric are we gonna rate this one out of? And tell me why it's gonna be Roach Motels. <laughs> um, I honestly am down for Roach Motels because I <laughs> like the first thing that popped up into my head was roaches. Okay, <laughs> when when I was thinking of rating it out of something, um, because it would either be Roach Motels or Head Meatballs. <laughs> head Meatballs. That's honestly <laughs> for that scene. Uh, wouldn't be the worst idea. Plus the soul food line, I give it to you. I enjoyed that, that line. That was a good one. I like that, that was one. a good one. I like that one. <laughs> uh, I'll leave it up to you. Both are both are great with me. Let's do let's do head meatballs. We'll do head I would meatballs? Be, I'd be very surprised if we ever had another head meatball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, would you like me to go first? Or you want to go first? Um. Why don't you go first? Go first. All right. Um. I think I'm gonna give Nightmare on Elm Street four. 2.9 out of 5 hmm. uh, okay. head meatballs. 
Um, most so I feel like my rating is mostly because there are some things that are messy with this mm-hmm. movie for me. We already kind of covered all of it, so I won't spend too much time now talking about it. But I will say I did enjoy this movie. And I think it's a fun watch. I think it explores some cool things within the Nightmare franchise, whether it be like the dream sequences or just Freddy in general and like his characterizations and all that stuff. I think it's all fun and like it's a good time. I think a lot of my enjoyment did come from this being a later installment in the franchise. So I let a lot of things go, to be fair and honest. Like there were a lot of things that I just kind of let wash over me because i knew what kind of movie i was getting myself into yeah um but i think if nightmare is your jam like you will enjoy the fourth installment i don't think it's bad by any means however i feel like if i pulled some random person in to watch this one um i don't know if they would necessarily leave very impressed or Mm -hmm. whether or not it would leave a grand impression of the franchise for them um so i'm leaving my metric a little bit there but overall I think it was fun. Um, I like the idea that Freddy is using someone to gobble more souls up. Um, I like this dream sponge warrior idea that we get with Alice. Again, a lot of fun things explored in this one. Um, I just think that there were probably some plot points, some script things, and some sequencing things that could have got cleaned up a little bit that would have made this movie a little bit more solid for me. But overall... 2.9 out of 5 meatball heads from me. I'm going to give this one a 3.6 out of 5 meatball heads. Okay. This one is still in really fun territory for me with the nightmare. And also, too, this one still plays on what I love about when Freddy like uses very specific things in the, in the deaths. Like I, I really do like for the most part, I do like the, the death sequences, even if the death itself maybe isn't my favorite, I do like the settings of them. I think that they're really creative. There are some di- directorial choices in this that I really appreciate. And something about the corniness of this one and the over dramatics is makes this particularly entertaining to me um, because even though not every line is is great or not every characterization is great, it really does. If you watch this movie like it's a soap opera, oh my god, it just hits. Like I, I just, <laughs> it's great. Feels great. And yeah, Robert England in this one feels like he's having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a good mesh of the past, Freddy, and what we will get in the future. It's still a good mix. And I do think for this being one of the first movies where they're kind of transitioning from the previous stories that they set up and then still trying to find like the future of this franchise. I like what they did. I think it works. I think it was, it was a good way of bringing us into some new characters while also keeping some older ones for a little bit. And it was nice to see the returning faces. Plus I liked the new characters that we got, but yeah, my only gripes are it's just, at times, it's a little clunky. It, it feels a little messy. Some of these, some of this movie feels like it was made with such care, and then other parts feel really, really just kind of slashed together and thrown out. Um, and also, too, the ending sequence out of what we've seen prior is a little bit lackluster. It's just a little boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and also, too, I wish they would have done more with the way that Alice 
absorbed people because it feels like in this the best that they could do was be like oh well she said that thing that this person used to say but i'm like that's not really that weird because like they were friends yeah if someone says something a lot like why wouldn't she pick that up i wish that they had done it more shown it more like internally besides being like oh my brother just died now i'm a nunchuck master <laughs> i don't know i think they could have figured out a better way to do that but it's still a fun one for me um so yeah 3.6 head meatballs out of five that's solid and i i will say i think i'm being a little bit harsh on this one but i'm, I'm going with my gut here yeah, i i will say i do think that out of the four now that we've watched i'd probably go back and watch this one before the other ones just because i think it's mm. one of the easier watches and has mm -hmm. and like you said the kills in this one some of them are really great and i would mm -hmm. re-watch some of those kills just in succession as well so yeah just, <laughs> i'm saying that more for myself than anyone else <laughs> no that's fair also there's one scene of this that i rewound and watched multiple times it's the scene where alice runs down the hallway and then rick goes running right after afterwards. her like that... an like the tasmanian devil <laughs> he's like why did he run so fast that man and then he like full crashes Naruto run straight <laughs> up and then he like crashes into the locker next to her but she, and then she runs like um like um like cindy from a scary movie <laughs> yo I that mean... scene also had me fucking dying i was gonna it's bring it up because so i was like funny. i don't know if you can explain it without the visual it's... of like seeing it seeing yeah. it but bruh that it's run so, and like the quietness of it because it's like an empty hallway just silence as they all watch her run down the hallway and she runs i'm serious like with her arms flapping and then like falls into a locker and then her brother comes like yes speed running after her up, anime jack style jacket <laughs> yes. flowing behind him oh my goodness on the locker and collapses into her it's so and all of their friends are just standing there watching this is right after sheila has died from an <laughs> asthma attack <laughs> oh my god it's so funny it's so good <laughs> <laughs> but i would love to hear your homie's thoughts on this movie um and how you think it stacks up to the rest of the franchise you can let us know on our social media we are homies of horror on everything or if you'd prefer to talk to us a little bit more in depth you can talk to us in our discord the link for that is in our social media bios the discord is where we like to hang out and chit chat with the homies on our days off so if that sounds like something fun to you, we would love to see you in there. You can also email us. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. Our email is homiesofhorror at gmail.com. And if you are listening to this on the day that it comes out, that means that it is Monday. That means that we are streaming on Twitch. Twitch is where we play spooky games, hang out with the homies, and have some drinks and some chit chat. If that also sounds like something you'd be into, you can find the link for that in our social media bios. And last, but certainly not least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more we get, the better. Recommends our show to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you guys are thinking. So if you have an account and haven't done that, we would love for you to. Or you can always rate us over on Spotify. Just go to our name, click the stars underneath it, and that'll leave a rating. But 
We are so, so happy to be back hanging out with the homies every Monday once again. And we cannot wait to talk about some more spooky movies on the next episode. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.